Hey everybody, we're continuing our series exploring what the Bible has to say about hope. And in the story of 1 Samuel chapter 1, we're chewing over the challenge of hope when you're feeling completely desperate. But before we dig into this story, I want to share just two thoughts. Firstly, this story is likely to impact some of us very personally, because it's the story of the pain of not being able to have children. This may be your personal experience for whatever reason, or the experience of someone that you know and love. So we need to be especially sensitive, very careful as we think about this, because just like Hannah, there's an understandable depth of hurt and pain connect to stories like this. Secondly, whenever we read the Bible, and particularly the stories of the Old and New Testament, we need to remember that these stories are primarily descriptive, not prescriptive. These stories, including the one we look at today, are describing something that happened, which in Hannah's story will become a miracle. But it's not prescribing a checklist of what we must do to get the same result. This was Hannah's story and how she found God in the midst of her desperation. There are some things that we can learn, but it's not prescribing a course of action that guarantee an outcome. It's not like just do this and you'll get that because life is way more complicated than that. So again, we've got to be sensitive and careful. And if you are already impacted by this story, I pray that you will know the comfort and strength of heaven right here, right now, where you are. That you will know that God sees you in whatever despair or disappointment you are experiencing. Because that's actually the first thing I want us to notice about this story. In verse 11, Hannah prays that God will notice her. He will see the agony of her reality. That she will not be divinely ignored, but divinely acknowledged. Don't forget me, God, she prays don't overlook me. I wonder if you've ever prayed a prayer like that. I know that I have. Like you see the good things that are happening for other people and you wonder, when will it be my turn? Hannah is living in that reality every day and her rival Peninar seems to be a baby factory and she loves to run it in, rub it in. You can understand why Hannah is wondering, do you see me, God? What about me? But God always sees us. And just because Hannah isn't receiving the answer she longs for, it doesn't mean that God has forgotten her. In Psalm 56 verse 8, the writer records, God, you keep track of all my sorrows. You've collected all my tears in your bottle. You've recorded each one in your book. And then in Psalms 34 verse 18, the writer reminds us that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. God is close to Hannah in her brokenheartedness. She is feeling crushed. The original language of Hebrew in verse 10 speaks of someone who is in deep anger, anguish, bitter, uh, feeling bitter and broken in the soul, like life tastes sour. This is the pain of someone feeling they've been dealt a very bad hand. This is someone who feels tormented, crushed, inconsolable, which is not helped by the insensitive words of her husband. And so when verse 10 tells us she weeps, this is a waterfall of tears. This is a flow of pain that feels like it will never cease. But these tears touch the heart of Father God. Not one is lost or wasted before him. Your tears 
touch the heart of Father God. Not one is lost or wasted before him. And these tears become prayers, heartfelt, private, personal, precious prayers. First, Hannah pours out her tears, and then she pours out her soul in prayer, whispering what now seems to be her unspeakable hopes and dreams. The priest Eli mistakes her posture of weeping and whispering as drunkenness. But she reminds him she's not consuming alcohol, she's releasing pain. She's expressing the agony of living in the in-between of the miracle and the mess. It's good for us to let the pain out to God and others. And it's interesting to note that in verse 10, when it tells us Hannah prays, the Hebrew word for prayer refers to a particular type of prayer, intercessory prayer. A prayer that stands in the gap between the heartbreak of what is and the hope of what could be. That's the posture that Hannah takes. I will pour out my tears to the God who cares. I will pour out my prayers to the God who hears. And then she does one other thing, one surprising thing. It's like she says, I will make my clear my priorities to the God who saves. Hannah prays an incredible prayer. God, if you give me a son, I will give him back to you. This baby is so important to me, but not more important than you. I want you to know, God, I need this child, but I need you more. In the three years of Jesus' ministry, thousands upon thousands of people came to him looking for their miracle. They didn't really want him, though. They just wanted what he could do for them. And if they got their miracle, then most of them walked away from him happy. And if they didn't get their miracle, then most of them walked away from him angry. Because neither really wanted him. They just wanted what he could do for them. Hannah makes it clear to God that she won't be like that. Yes, God, I would love a son, but I love and need you more. Life with God, even in desperate, disappointing, despairing times, is better than life without God. Hannah knows this, and so she makes clear her priorities to the God who saves. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. God always saves. The name Jesus literally means the Lord saves. And in this story, God saves Hannah by receiving a miracle, a son, Samuel, who she, as she promised, gives back to God to serve in the temple. Samuel went on to become one of the most significant leaders in the history of Israel. And God, in his kindness, gave Hannah many other children too. But like I said, this story is descriptive, not prescriptive. So let me be honest with you for a moment. Because I remember when my first marriage broke down many years ago. I poured out a lot of tears to the God who cares. I poured out a lot of prayers to the God who hears. God, heal my marriage. I'll do anything. And I resolved to make clear my priorities to the God who saves. God, I know more than anything, I need you. I cried, I prayed, I fasted for four years, but my first marriage ended. I had to go through the pain of divorce. And yet, despite the disappointment and despair at times, I can promise you that God cared, that God heard, and that God saved just in a different way than I had hoped. 
My ex-wife and I navigated a divorce with much kindness and friendship, which was good for us and good for our sons. I was surrounded by truly wonderful family and friends who loved and cared for me, becoming the hands and the hug of heaven that I needed. And God restored my soul, healed my heart, renewed my mind and lifted my head. And then in, in his amazing grace, blessed my life with my incredible Amy. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. So let me pray. Jesus, draw close to us today. Help us to be real with you and others, pouring out our tears to the God who cares. Hear our desperate prayers as we stand in the gap between heartbreak and hope. Be our strength and our comfort and hold us close in your eternal saving love. Amen.